What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing another round of side A versus side B. So I'm digging out a stack of my favorite records and no fence walkers. You got to choose a side. You like side A, you like side B, what's up? Remember, there's a playlist for every episode. So you can go to 185milesouth.com, click that playlist link, and uh, you can listen to these records along with us. So that's super cool. Check it out. Please support the podcast by subscribing to it wherever you listen to it. Also, please take the time to like it, rate it, review it. I don't know why, but that stuff matters. If you want to go the extra mile, go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south and become a monthly Patreon. These are the people that keep the podcast alive, my true heroes. And let's get on with the pod. Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we're doing another round of side A versus side B. Help me out. You know him. You love him. He's episode six. He's the most well-dressed man on the podcast. It's Dan Sant. What's up, Dan? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Also helping out once again, uh, the only author on the pod, it is Ben Edge, a.k.a. Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Bedge? What's going on? <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that the, the last time I was like, it's Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Bedge, a.k.a. Ben Edge. A- and then I'm like, what's up, Bed? I totally fucked no, up. No, you call me Bed? <laughs> yeah. That's my new name, Bed. <laughs> Yeah, and back helping us out. It is Posy Chris. What's up, Posy Chris? What's up? Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for helping out. Okay, so I have a plethora of hardcore records here for us to go through, and uh, hopefully a good mix. I had curated this originally um, for a crew, and it's it's three out of four that I planned on. But then Ben just knows everything, so he's easy to slide in no matter what. Um, I really don't know everything. I did I had to do a, a lot of homework for this one. Okay. All right. Well, you <laughs> pulled it off in a day, so much appreciated. Um, okay. The first one we're going to dive, dive into here is 10-Yard Fight, the Hardcore Pride 7-inch, and it is 1996 Big Wheel Recreation. And just to take a step back, uh, if people haven't listened to these side A versus side Bs, it's pretty simple. We are just choosing records that we like, and we're deciding is the side A or the side B better. That's it. We have a vote and uh, it is what it is. It's just fun. I like it because it's like a way to positively talk about hardcore records without like tearing something down. Uh, Because even if you don't like it, you got to find something positive in it and choose a side. Um, So this 10-year fight, Hardcore Pride 7-inch side A is the song Hardcore Pride, Forever, and Where I Stand. And side B is Believe, Proud to be Straight, and Holding On. And uh, Dan, let's shoot it to you. Side A or side B? Um, well, Hardcore Pride is such a fucking banger. But Proud to be Straight is my jam. Like, and, you know, it does sound funny in a... in a. I mean, it sounded funny then, actually, to be honest. But it sounds really funny now to be uh, 
in 2020 and be like, yo, that song, Proud to Be Straight, that's fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? The way that the breakdown on that song is, is so fucking ill. And then you get the bonus banger of Holding On coming right after it, which is just an epic sing-along song. Um, The one thing I did notice, though, like listening to it again after, you know, a couple years, is that still holding on. And then they do the uh, the group vocals. It's like still holding on, still. And it just seems like it should be more drawn out because Wrench is doing it in a more drawn out way. It seems like Wrench and the group vocals should uh, s- switch places. But anyway. That's just a bit of nerdiness that I can't break free of. Uh, Proud to be straight. It it solidifies side B being the banger of the two bangers. But hey, this is a great seven inch. All six songs rule. Shout out Clevo. Um, I really like this record. I loved it when it came out. And I think I had Proud to be straight on an anti-matter seven inch compilation or maybe it was a CD with the zine that came uh, and proud to be straight was on it before the hardcore pride seven inch came out. So I was already, you know, loving that. And uh, yeah, I go side B. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, you know, this gets lumped in with all the, like the, the youth crew revival stuff. And it definitely is in that, but it has like a lot more tempos than like just something that's generic. Like they go to the bounce mosh a lot and they, they have a lot of like, yeah, I guess the bounce is like, I would say it's more bouncy. Like the only time that you get that straight youth crew, like Tom beat the do, do, that, do, do, that, do, do, that, do, do, that is on proud to be straight. But even then they like drop in to like a harder breakdown with like the call and answer gangs. Yeah. So and like, they do, they do a, a up tempo break too, you know? Um, right. Like not even just bouncy, kind of almost like uh, what's the Youth of Today song uh, about the flags? Uh, it's my favorite one. I don't know why I can't remember the name. Right <laughs> um, but it's like I a fast it. mosh part, you know? Right, right, up tempo mosh part. Yeah. Okay, um, Ben, let's go to you. And uh, uh, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I I asked um, Anthony Papalardo, who was uh, the original guitarist of in my. Uh, of 10 yard fight. Um, if he wrote any of the songs on this and he sent me back a pretty comprehensive email breaking down the entire seven inch. So if you want me to read that, I, it's pretty, pretty funny. He's a funny guy. So I want you to break it down. Let's do it. Here goes. Um, and the subject line of the email was the email you never wanted. And he says, (laughs) I, I send this not because I think TYF is important, cool, or, uh, to talk about quote unquote, my art, but rather cause I remembered how hardcore pride was a quote unquote concept seven inch based around moshes. Although you were asking about writing and it triggered this stupid memory, Ryan Murphy, who played drums and wrote a lot of this, those songs with me said, we needed better mosh parts. So we had uh, the idea to just build songs around the mosh parts and figure the rest out. Hardcore pride the uh, hardcore pride the song was already written and starts with the mosh and we just went from there uh not always starting with the mosh part 
uh, Patterson wrote that part. He came in and said, I wrote a work boot mosh part, kind of like killing time. Uh, when, uh, then I built a song around those two chords. I assume he, when he says work boot mosh part, he's talking about kind of those, those kind of where the wild things are style bands. I'm not sure. Okay. The next song forever. He said, he describes as West coast mosh, AKA uniform choice. Uh, wrench has a sick Boston accent where I stand rush as in rush the band mosh aka strife mosh patterson wrote this song it sounded like tom sawyer at first so he changed it and it sounded like strife i hate it and the the cadence is so tedious believe metallic bold mosh is it always try that has that fade out mosh we stole that and added metallica (laughs) i I even overdubbed (laughs) some single notes but people hated it Proud to be straight. Only song written with the verse first. We needed a, quote, chain main, unquote, riff and made Wrench not rhyme the verses. Then I had the genius idea of trying to have Chromag's mosh. It makes zero sense. Still holding on. Uh, Warzone mosh number two, AKA, aka emotional mosh number two. We had a comp track on... They came from Massachusetts, which was drawing the line. This was the sequel, and I wanted to do octaves and did more for the split. Then I was kicked out of 10-yard fight and took my octave chords to In My Eyes. (laughs) This song is so obviously three different ideas with the side-by-side part at the end. That's all he says. So here's here's my opinion of of the record, is that... um, Hardcore Pride, that's the standout one for me. And I, I thought that, um, what was I saying here? Um, Side B's got the, you and me, we have to believe, which I get major instead vibes from, like we'll make the different style. And the breakdown at the end of that song is the giveaway that this wasn't made in the 80s. That's the one thing where it's like, you know, let's let's try to... Let's try to make this sound like a late 80s youth crew record, but the late 80s youth crew bands didn't sound didn't have chunky breakdowns like that. Um, and then uh Proud to Be Straight um is really good, but if they put it on side A, then every song could be about pride, and they could have that be be called the pride side, so they blew it there. And then uh, uh I just wrote that simple basic lyrics work if you believe in what you're singing. And it's obvious that Wrench does. Um, I'm going to have to go with Side A because it's the the one with Hardcore Pride on it. Side A. All right. That's uh, one for Side A. Daniel, you were B, correct? Yeah, I'm Side B. And Ben, even though Hardcore Pride is uh, taking a shot at your favorite uh, hardcore album of all time that you didn't choose on your Rev playlist. Yeah, uh, Wrench says it isn't really. He says it's structured after the Gorilla Biscuits song, but it's not really an attack specifically on those guys. Um, God, what pot? He was on a podcast a little, like a little with bit of backpedaling, dude. Because that's m- like maybe you're blatant. right. Maybe you're right. That's blatant. Right. It's blatant. <laughs> it's so blatant. <laughs> but uh, Chris, what's your take on this one? Uh, so you know, Dan and Ben said a lot of what I wanted to say. I think. You know, like Dan, 
for me, the two standout songs are Hardcore Pride and, and Proud to be Straight. Um, for me, Hardcore Pride just edges it out a little bit more. Uh, so I'm going to go with side of A. I do think, though, this is a, a strong seven inch. Like every, you know, all six of these songs have something, you know, something that that I remember and love about the seven inch, you know, even however many 20 some odd years later. Um, one quick, funny 10 yard fight story. I saw him in Seattle uh, and my friends and I were all psyched and wanted to see him again. So we made a plan to drive down to Portland the next night to catch him. And uh, we were, <laughs> we were, uh, we were supposed to meet at the mall and uh, I wasn't driving. I was in a catch ride with my friends and went to the mall and I was like 15 minutes late. My friends just left without me, like didn't hang around. Uh, and this is before <laughs> cell phones, <laughs> this is before cell phones. So I was like, shit, I can drive 15 minutes back home or I could just drive myself down three hours to Portland. So I just did that. Um, yeah. but funny, yeah. the other funny thing, aside from my friends, just leaving me, uh, is that I had one tape in my car. And so it was the falling action demo, which is like AZ and Jesse, who later went on to be in like American Nightmare and Panic and stuff. Uh, they had a band in Reading. That was the only tape I had. I listened to it probably like 40 times and then knew like every single word on that on that demo for years. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Side A. Hey, yeah. It's, you don't want to put on a uh, classic rock radio, dude. You want to listen to that hardcore demo 40 fucking times. That's what I love to hear. Yeah, especially at that time. <laughs> you yeah, know, sure. I was probably 20, 21. Yeah. Usually I do all these like off the dome and I try to take uh, notes this time so I could be more prepared. And I don't know if it's going to totally throw me off or not, but I'm going to go through this first one because I took notes and then I'll decide how I feel about it. Um, hardcore Pride. This is, a, this is side A. Hardcore Pride, I said it was a great disc track and I love the tempo on the breakdown. Uh, forever is a great intro with the palm muting and uh, the chorus is a it's like one of the good uses of the backwards fast beat or like the fear beat kind of the tattoo 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 because they they go into it and then they pull out of it like it's really a good way like to go from that to kind of a bounce beat it's a good move and uh of course i love wrenches forever is pride is forever forever so good uh where i stand good long intro and the chorus super melodic uh, okay, on to side B. Believe. I said the last mosh is super groovy. So uh, how's that? Proud to be straight. It has feel-good chords on the verse. You know, it's those, those chords that get you kind of in the feels, like walking along the line of melodic, but not going all the way there. And uh, I did say this is the first time that you get the generic Youth Crew Tom mosh at the end, but then it drops the breakdown. I already said that. And then uh, holding on, of course, great buildup with the sing-along on the intro. And one thing that I really like about the 7-inch, first off, this is a great 7-inch for the era. All six songs are good. And a couple of them are great. And I just love that, like, Wrench announces the song. Like, every single time, you know? It's like, Hardcore Pride, or Forever, or Where I Stand, every single one. Like, he doesn't need to, like, introduce the song in between songs. Because he says at the beginning, and the only one I think that he doesn't do it on is Holding On, but it's like, Oh, we're just going to start with like a big gang vocal part, like a big pylon part. So I love it. Um, I think Forever is my favorite song. And I think that this whole seven inch is good. And 
I don't think that there's like super standout tracks. I just think this is one of the most solid seven inches for the era. But uh, since Forever is my favorite song, I'm going side A. Um, and I think that's three A's and one B, correct? Yeah. Correct. You're all wrong. All right. All right. Righteous. Okay. Moving on. I think this is like the greatest seven inch comp ever. Um, and re-listening to it was wild because I generally just always had listened to side B. But listening to side A, I was like, oh my God, I know all these songs. Which means that like there was a point in my life where I listened to this record a million fucking times, which is hilarious because I don't know if I've listened to side A in the last 15 years. Um, I'm choosing the only the strong seven inch comp 1990 victory records. And uh Jesus Christ, this comp's good. Okay, so side A. Uh, I'm just going to say the band names. It's Even Score, uh, Face Value, and Insight. And on side B is Confront, Mean Streak, and Integrity. And uh, Ben, let's shoot this to you first. Um, a comp where every song is good. Think about how rare that is. I can't think of too many comps where every song by every band is good. You usually get a few duds in there, but not this time. It's This is a good snapshot of mostly let's just say middle America, but mostly Cleveland hardcore <laughs> circa 19, circa 1990. Well, I can't say Midwest because inside is from Salt Lake. So right, middle right. America, let's just call it middle America. I like but, it. but, um, it's like tough sounding music, generally speaking, and it's starting to get metallic and the guitar tone on every song sounds like a shitty BC rich played through a crate amp. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the, the songs are so good that it's just like, so what deal with it. Um, I was going to say that um, there's something confusing about the fur, the even score. If you look at the, some of, some of the pressings of this comp, the band even score is listed as life cycle. And I can't remember if they started at, as even score and then changed their name, or if they started as life cycle and then changed their name or why they even bothered to, but you know, the singer, this band is, is the owner of the, of the label. It's Tony Brummel. And, um, so he's got like a hundred million dollars. Um, but, uh, the dive bombs on the song rule and then the face value song does this thing where they only have one chorus in the whole song and it sounds like a breakdown. And then Urba just starts yelling the fucking chorus at the end of the song during the fast part, like, fuck it. I'm just going to do another chorus. Um, and then you have the best insight song ever because whispers and because slap bass. And, uh, I know most insight fans agree on that one. Uh, and then side B is all Cleveland bands. The confront song rules. It, they, it sounds very influenced by SSD control. And, and then you get the same guy on the next song singing for the band mean streak. And it's the only song they ever recorded, to my knowledge. And um, I always thought Mean Streak sounded like Judge's evil twin. Like, it's total Judge style, but it's like, ooh, these guys are, like, like not good people. Like, it just has that vibe of, like, just something extra mean and evil about it that Judge doesn't have. And then Integrity, you get the whispering of insight and the evil of Mean Streak combined into one awesome song. And then with lyrics like as your blood pours you inside out, which makes no fucking sense is as dumb as shit, but it's still awesome. Um, 
this is like really close for me, but side B has the guy from One Life Crew and side A has Tony Urba. So side A wins by a hair. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Chris, what do you have on this? Uh, yeah, let's see. Even score. Actually, first of all, I haven't listened to this in a long time. Um, it, it, I've listened to like the Confront song and Face Value song and, and a couple of the songs like here and there, but I haven't actually listened to this whole comp all the way through and, you know, at least a decade. Um, so, so it was cool revisiting uh, as a whole. I think the Even Score song, I wasn't really feeling like, you know, it's okay, but it definitely compared to the, some of the other songs didn't stand out as much. Uh, the face value song, hard, super hard. The insight song, I actually liked it a lot more than I remember. Um, and Ben mentioned like a lot of the things that really make it cool. The intro is awesome. You know, it's got like a really cool melody, the slap bass, you know, the whispering part. Uh, I'm really not a fan of whispering parts, but on this, it sounds dope. And then it's like a, bass uh solo thing at the end that's super sick um confront hard main streak hard um i think you know politics aside uh that dude's got like one of the gnarliest like coolest voices in hardcore history um especially like on on the main streak song it really uh like it's real crisp sounding and it just sounds super mean uh, and I thought the, the Mean Streak song maybe was like the best sounding song on the comp. Um, the Integrity song, the scream is awesome at the beginning. Uh, it's almost like a like a metal, like like a like a hair metal scream, but a little bit darker. But overall, like I thought that song kind of lacked some of the some of the darkness that made Integrity great later. It's um, called darkness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took yeah. the words out of my mouth. So what uh, were you going, Chris? A or B? Side B. Uh, I think just the Confront song and the Mean Streak song are so sick. And the Integrity song is is good. Don't get me wrong. I just, it doesn't get, I don't know. Like they, they find something later that makes them them. And for me, when I listen to this, it's like, I, I don't, quite hear it on there yet so yeah i mean it makes sense to want a little bigger of a recording out of integrity i think um if that's the stuff you like the most right if you like humanity's a devil or you like systems overload it's it's hard going yeah. back and stuff but uh this might have been the first integrity i heard and this is like my absolute favorite song and this version is a little bit different than the lp like the way he staggers the lyrics on the chorus and i think there's a little bit more dynamic in his voice too like going from like kind of whispery to the yelling. Uh, but let's go to Daniel. What's your take on this? Well, my take is that the Yin Yang twins were definite fans of this comp. Cause you know, wait till you see my, <laughs> the whispering <laughs> that's yeah. going through this comp totally. is wild. Um, I would say this is an absolute fucking landslide for side B. And I love side A, but side B is so fucking hard. Um, One Life Drug Free, all you had to do was title it that. No, just kidding. Um, I remember (laughs) driving around. (laughs) Halfway kidding, yeah. I remember driving around with Don in his old Zephyr. He had this old like Mercury Zephyr car 
that didn't have very good breaks and uh, had a tape deck. And we listened to this, or at least to the Confront um, and Integrity songs on a on a mixtape, like, all the time. So I always used to think, it is, you know, back then when Integrity were straight edge, is this a chain diss? You know, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link line from darkness um but the confront song to me is so good and then you know the mean street song is recorded the best out of all of them uh the insight song is recorded quite good as well but the even score song, the recording of the even score <laughs> and this is the person who is putting out the record <laughs> their recording is diabolical compared to the rest of them it sounds so shitty i mean i do like the the uh dive bombs as ben said i i mean you know earth crisis would then take those and do them to the max but the, yeah you know it, the it, snare tone on that even score song is something else it's like, i know it makes that? saint anger sound like it was recorded <laughs> <laughs> amazingly <laughs> um yeah side b all day uh mean steve yeah absolute trash human but fucking, <laughs> what a vocalist you know fucking yeah. hard as fuck and like and, it is it's disappointing like to only get one song out of mean streak which is like a perfect band name yeah yeah well, and to be known as Mean Steve from from then on, like <laughs> on on the strength of your one comp track, right, right, yeah, that was wild. Um, who was in Who was in Mean Streak? Do Do we know other than Steve singing? Who Who else was in the band? I'm sure Chubby Fresh. Yeah, I think it's Chubby, <laughs> but I don't know who else. Um, yeah, setting setting up those questions for failure, so people are just yelling, "How the fuck don't you know?" Um, <laughs> but yeah, so here's what I got. Side A, I I don't remember it at all until listening to this. And then, like I said, I knew all these songs. This even score song is like way better than I remember. I remember this song just being a skipper before, but it's I like the tempo now, like kind of like an up tempo, slow, fast. And then yeah, the dive bomb is ill. And then coming out of like the dive bomb to like that, that like crooning tempo i guess the dun, 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 and then three cents. i don't know it's it's pretty rad uh tony's voice is pretty terrible but what are you gonna do um the dude succeeded at life i wonder um, if you could bid on it uh in the <laughs> the victory records uh um auction that's going on for them going bankrupt even what? though they sold on they sold, the they sold of the off, stuff. but the but yeah, but people are just buying up all, all like catalogs for the digi stuff, right? Uh, yeah, no, going. I thought Concord bought Victory Records, and then Victory just changed their name to uh, Mission Two Entertainment. Is that not right? Exactly, and then the Victory stuff that's been left behind is, it, it's some kind of tax thing, but you can you can bid on a box full of misprinted shirts from the victory warehouse and things like that oh it's, it's very funny people are mad because the auction ended a month ago um <laughs> but yeah also uh okay so this even score song is better than i remember 
And I thought it was kind of a dick move because like, I mean, I guess they're all doing it at the same time. This is very early, but it's like integrity has like ill dive bombs on their song. And like, Tony's like, fuck it. We're putting our song first. So it sounds like they're copping our style, you know, uh, <laughs> the face value song is ill, super short, rad. Uh, it has that, that terrible, uh, fast beat at the end, like the backwards fast beat, which is not great, but it's at least it's super short. Uh, the song overall rules the insight song. Those bass leads are killer. Um, but yeah, side B Jesus, Ben, he nailed it with like saying it's kind of a SSD esque, like that tempo that they go to for like the, the choruses. I do like that on the first time on the chorus, like it's kind of on the toms. The second time they just, they settle into that tempo. It's on the hi-hat and uh, they just drag it out. Like they, that tempo just must feel good to them, you know? And they're just roll with it. The song rips. It's just raging and then doing into that like slower kind of tempo. Uh, super rad. Just fast or like droning and super cool. Uh, the Mean Streak song, the, the verses are like kind of whatever, but like the choruses are super rad. And then that mosh at the end, good God. That's one of the best mosh riffs of all time. Wow, so good. And then this is my favorite integrity song. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris a little bit. Like the, the recording leaves something to be desired, but like this song just comes through so hard. And uh, I do like the LP, I guess, more just because like the the descent into Before the Darkness, like taking it as one song with like that big, like, you know, the acoustic shit before, the clean channel shit before makes it more epic. But uh, yeah, this is big side B, although I will say that A put up a, a more valiant effort than I remember. So uh, yeah, side B, three to one. Okay, moving on. We are going to do the Bane 7-inch Free to Think, Free to Be that came out on Life Records in 1997. Side A is Superhero and Side B is at best and scared. So it's superhero versus the field. Very nervous breakdown esque. And Chris, let's go to you. I think for me, it all boils down to this. If Count Me Out wasn't the best Bane song, like this is for me, uh, superhero. So I'm picking side A. Um, you know, it's just such a such an epic song, like really cool lyrics about just kind of like you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of, I don't know. I'm going to say this horribly, but like, you know, you can do anything if you put your mind to it, kind of like that sort of attitude. And, and, you know, what I think he's saying here is like, just because you see me do something a certain way, doesn't mean that I'm special or I'm some super superhero. Like you can, you can do anything I'm doing and, and do it better. Um, it's just an epic song. Uh, I'm going side A superhero yeah it's the friendliest straight edge song of all time you know it's like hey like i'm doing something cool and so can you and i'm not special yeah i love it it's great dan what's your take on this okay so you know you just said um you forgot that side a actually brought it for the last comp we were talking to i used to think like without revisiting this that side A, like superhero, just destroys what's on the other side. But I was so pleasantly surprised at going back to this and listening to 
those songs, at how good they were, you know? Um, totally. Like, they're a lot better than I remember. That being said, Superhero is an all-time great hardcore song for the ages. Um, the only thing that Superhero suffers from is verse one and verse two being the same. Um, I really wish there was a second verse of a different, you know, like taking the thought even further. Um, but I mean, this, that song, the minute it starts, there's goosebumps all over me and I am uh, catching the hardcore Holy Ghost no matter where it's at and I have to go participate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, listening to the side B today, I was like, oh my God, like at best is just like a perfect Bane song. Mm. Like listen to it and it's like, well, this is everything I want from Bane. This is great. And then scared, it's like they push the boundaries of what I like Bane to do. You know, like... His vocals on the singy part are so good. Oh yeah, when he does the like, the you say I can't play this game forever. Yeah. And then like drops into like a chug mosh. It's like... Yeah, they take and it's frail. Like his voice is frail, but great. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so good. And then like the intro of the bass, and they're like playing like the you know, they're they're one stringing real chords over the top of it. It's it's so good. Um, yeah. but again, like you guys said, superhero, it's a perfect hardcore song, perfect modern hardcore song. Uh so I gotta go side A. And Ben, are you gonna break this? Well, let me preface by, by telling you about when I first heard this record. <laughs> this is the first thing I had ever heard by Bane was the 7-inch. And uh, Mike Fight was at the Pickle Patch, and he was like going on tour. It must have been with Good Clean Fun when he joined them as their bass player. And he was bringing all these records to sell for his friend's distro. And so we just started listening to them like, what's this? Who's this band? And one of them was... You can't take the boy out of Bradenton by Hot Water Music. Like, who the fuck is this band? We've, I've never heard of them. And then the other one was this Seven Inch. And both both records we put on, and we looked at each other like, oh shit, this is good. And think about how how influential and huge both those bands ended up being. Um, Bane actually, Bane has not stood the test of time for me at all. But I totally understand why I freaked out when I heard this because. It sounds like burn and it's fast and it's really good. And I love burn and I like hardcore that's fast, especially in that era when it was like metal kind of had a stranglehold on, on hardcore. Um, and then superhero is clearly the best song out of these three. And in retrospect, having a song this dramatic about trying to quit smoking is pretty funny, but whatever. Like I was like in full straight edge mode at the time. I mean, I'm still straight edge, but it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, straight edge. Um, no, the, but don't the, you find don't you find it's giving an actual thoughtful take on expressing what straight edge is? Like, I think it's so much more thoughtful than a lot of straight edge songs. Yeah, yeah, I I get that. Um, and then um, the two like songs in a, on the- in a poetry contest, Mean Steve versus uh, Aaron from Bane, who wins? <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> Steve, if he's there, 
Well, well, I'm get, I'm getting there. Um, um, side B, the two songs uh, at best and scared are also very good. Uh, lyrically, Bane was really good at getting away with almost never rhyming. I like there's so few songs, at least in the early catalog, that have rhyming couplets, which is pretty rare for hardcore music. Um, and then. I'm going to go back to the nervous breakdown rule of thumb, which is one epic song is worth more than two or three very good songs. So I'm also going with side A. Yeah, I'd have to go look, but I think that it's, you know, they get compared to burn a lot. And I don't think that burn rhymes that much. Like they can get away with it. Cause like the formula of the songs, um, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there too. So yeah, this one's four. Oh, got to go superhero. Um, I do like though, Zach. I, I mean, everyone said this except for me, but I totally agree. Like the side B is is no slouch. Like you, you know, I I probably haven't listened to Seven Inch in you know fifteen years. Uh, you know, I've definitely listened to Superhero uh, multiple times in that time. Right. But when I went back and listened to it, like I, I still remember every single word of both of these songs on the side B. Like they're right. definitely not slouches. Just Superhero is like superheroes a 10 you know right like if you if you listen to a cd that combines the three seven inches like you know and you like more old school hardcores like superhero and count me out or like the two standouts you know and then if you want to go like bane on the epic side of things i think they had did they have like a song called both guns blazing yeah that was kind of like the yeah. epic song so like mm-hmm. maybe those three would be the standouts off the cd but yeah i mean like these two are these are great uh, but yeah, it's funny. Hero. It's funny. Like in, it, referring to a Bane song as epic is like a, is like a redundancy because they're like all their songs are so epic. Like they're so they're so over the top epic that like even for Bane there are songs that are that are that are epic. You know, right, right, yeah. Um, it sounds like someone might be shuffling something with their fingers. Do you guys hear that? No, it's my dog walking around. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> okay. Well, shout out to animals. So that rules. Um, okay. Moving <laughs> no, on. It, it's Stella tip tapping around because she's 18 and is a bit, uh, got a bit of dementia and just does laps around the house all the time. Hey, but them well, toenails. Stella, do you? Do you, girl? Um, 18 in life. <laughs> right? Shout out, Benji. Uh, okay. Wash the bait 18. <laughs> okay. So the fourth one, we are doing Burn, The Last Great Sea, 7-inch. They got recorded way before, but it came out on Revelation Records in the year 2002. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't want to do the first Burn 7-inch because I thought it was a no-brainer that it would be side A. Uh, maybe that's my own ignorance to other people's, like, what you guys like. No, you know, you're right. It's a fact. I, right, right. And again, that's kind of like this pain thing, like, the second side of that burn seven inch is like better than 90% of everything. But it's like those two songs on side a are just like, Oh my God, get out of here. And so, uh, yeah, I chose this one, but I actually fucked up because I thought that it was new morality versus the field. And, uh, with new morality and tales of Chateau on uh, side a and last great C side B I'm, uh, I'm a little worried that it's going to go the same way, but, uh, you guys, maybe you'll prove me wrong. Daniel, what's your take on this? I don't really care for this that much, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think it's epic in its reach and its vision, 
Um, but this does not grab me anywhere near um, the previous, you know, the burn seven inch. Um, that being said, side A, you know, lyrically, all three songs are very interesting and clever. Um, the new morality uh, song, like about program media and uh, basically, I mean, look what's happening now. <laughs> it's ringing true to this day um, that no one is questioning anything and you're just accepting everything, especially Fox News watchers in particular, like, why would they think that anything is different, what they're being fed? Um, so on, on the strength of the, of the, of those lyrics in particular that I just think have really stood the test of time and they're very cleverly written. I'm going side A. Okay. Ben, let's go to you. Um, listening to this back to back with Bane, Bane really does sound a lot like burn. You know, you always say like, this band is kind of influenced by that band, but like listening, like really listening to them back to back, it's like sometimes you realize, well, oh, this thing doesn't is isn't really that sonically similar to the thing we've always said it's influenced by. But this, in this case, it really is. Um, um, the dramatic singing, the constant tempo changes, those are the the main things I'd say those two bands have in common. Um, I think this was. Re- when do you think this was recorded? 91 or 92? Somewhere in there? Has to be. Okay, yeah. Um, it's very good, but not as good as the self-titled 7-inch. Um, in fact, I'd go so far as to say the self-titled 7-inch is essential, and this is not essential. Um, you don't have anything that hits the level of Shelby Jugged. Um, this is about... I love how you always say, Zach, this is as far as you can take hardcore before it's, before it becomes something else. Um, the talking part on the title track, even though I have no idea what he's talking about, still sounds cool. And the baseline after that part is totally like the roots of uh snap case and threadbare ding, 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 like the kind of minor um, intervals. So like this band predicted so much of what happened in the rest of the nineties in the hardcore scene, musically speaking, uh, you know, with the clean chorusy guitar breaks as well. Um, I guess I'm going to go with side a because hardcore songs shouldn't be five minutes long. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is uh, everyone, like even when Bane came out, like, I don't know, or when they appeared to me, like 97-ish, people would be like, oh, Bane, they sound like Burn, this and that. And I never really understood it until this 7-inch came out in like 02 or whenever I got it. And I was like, oh my God, Bane fully had this like five years ago. You know what I mean? Like, because Bane sounds like this, you know, a lot, I think. Or like it influenced them a lot, a lot. Um. And I agree with you guys, like the the production just isn't there compared to uh, the first seven inch, of course. But like, you can't compare things like against that. Like that record just sounds so wild and uh, well-produced. And and like, I don't know anything that sounds like that thing because um, the drums sound so interesting. But uh, Chris, what's your take on this? 
Um, yeah, what you guys said, I mean, I basically in my notes put the exact same thing that all three of you guys said, like, I never really got into this record. Like the musically, the songs are just as good, you know, like maybe even better. Um, maybe not, but they're just as good. I'll say the lyrics are just as fantastic, but something about the, the vocal attack or, or, you know, I should say lack of attack never really caught me like that first seven inch, like the first seven inch the vocals are just so ferocious that they tear through you. Um, and with this, they're just a little bit, I don't know if it's the recording or if he just wasn't attacking it as hard. It's just, to me, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have the, the greatness to it. And, um, I think, uh, now I forget who said this, but maybe it was Ben that, you know, the first seven inch is essential. This is, this is solid. This is a good record, but I, I wouldn't say it's essential. Um, but that said, good songs, great lyrics. Um, I'm going to go with side A. Uh, the intro for numerality is really cool. And uh, kind of, I guess, ironically, the outro of Tales of Chateau um, is really cool. Side A. Yeah, he's going for more range, right? Where like the seven inch, he's just like laying straight into like that snarl. That is like one of the things that keeps that seven inch, although it musically like branches out, like the snarl keeps it like straight lane hardcore. Where this, mm-hmm. like there is more range. And I think that's part of like why I think Bane and this sound kind of similar because they kind of do the same range with like the vocals and like have it, you know, like, draw things out and so forth. Um, but you guys are crazy. I fucking love this seven inch. Uh, while it may not be as good as the first one, it's like so fucking good. These first two songs, like numerality, the way it comes in grabs you. And the way that Chaka sings his, his voice is amazing. His flow is amazing. And it's like this great, perfect trotting song that like only Burn can pull off a song like this and keep it interesting for me. Um, Tales of Chateau or Chateau, whatever. Um, How about Chateau? Possibly Chateau. Um, <laughs> that fucking riff, like that mosh riff, the how the fuck do you come up with that? That's like the riff to end all riffs. And like, yeah, I wish it, like we got that riff in some like big ass recording, you know, because like it is just something else. And like burn is not a band that like repeats itself. And so, you know how ill this riff is because they come back to it. They're like, Oh, we got to hit that one more time. And they do. And it's so fucking sick. Um, The last great C again, this is just like a song where any other band doing this, I'm tuning out around like the minute 20 mark. But for whatever reason, like this stuff just resonates with me. And I'm just like along for the ride. This thing just keeps my interest. It's a great riff and it's just a cool slow burner song. Absolutely love it. But I fucked up on the side A and side B. This one's not fair. Uh, I thought it was going to be New Morality versus Tales of Chateau and The Last Great Sea. Um, It's side A, like by a mile, of course. So, uh. That's that. Think, All right. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's funny how you said uh, with Bane, 
when you heard this, you were like, oh, they must have had this. Because I think there were a few bands uh, that when the 7-inch came out, you know, people that had like live recordings and were drawn influence from some of those unreleased songs. Like, I think there were a few, few bands that were like, uh-oh, <laughs> people are going to find out. Like Trial, definitely. Like Atlas Shrugged from New York, definitely. And uh, probably Bane had some heavy, heavy burn influence that. Yeah, this was going around. I, I heard this a couple of years before it was officially released. So that this tape had been circulating for, you know, 10 years before it officially came out. So definitely it, it influenced people. Is that why skate punk sounds so much like the uh, <laughs> the <laughs> No, I didn't hear it that early. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I did. Yeah, you yeah that's that's you why. <laughs> All right, let's go on to number five. Wait, uh, was that a blowout? Yeah, that was a blowout. Yeah. Everyone said a. Um, okay, number five is the second collateral damage seven inch uh, called "Let Me Be Broken," nineteen ninety six New Age Records, and this is one of my sleeper favorite albums ever. Uh, you know, we're putting it in there with powerhouse that, that vow seven inch. Yeah, this is a seven inch. Um, okay. So side a is overtones and your presence and side B is you decide and administer control. And, uh, Chris, let's go to you. What's your take? Um, I didn't like the seven inch as much. Uh, I think it's cool. I think, I think when you listen to the songs, they're cool. The riffs are cool. The vocals are cool. Like everything's cool, but there's just for some reason, like everything doesn't come together uh, in a way that let me back up guilty by association. When that comp came out, holding my breath, the song is a banger. Zach, I think, you know, you've said multiple times it's your favorite on that comp. It's my favorite really? on the comp. Favorite, favorite song in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it is a great song. Like, it, for anyone that has not heard Holding My Breath by <laughs> Collateral Damage, go check it out right now and you're going to be punching holes in your wall like within five minutes. Like, it's just so hard. It's such a great song that I had such a high standard for them. So when I came in and I heard this record, uh, these songs didn't uh, grab me in the same way. Like, and and I don't want to sound like I'm being negative here. Like all these songs are good. Uh, I just could never get into it because it wasn't holding my breath. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Chris, are you, are you thinking about this like in a modern way or like when you put this into the context of 1996 and everything going on, like, yeah, let's, let's think about it that way also. So that's, that's a good point. I think two things, I think going back and listening to it, it still sounds cool. Like the songs are cool. Um, and with the lens of what was going on at the time, like there, there wasn't a lot of bands on the coast that were playing this style of hardcore. And so they truly like stood out as, as a band that was doing something that needed to be done. Um, but again, for me, just coming off of hearing, holding my breath at the time when I listened to it, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go back and listen to holding my breath again. <laughs> um, so, or, you know, maybe I'll go listen to course of disapproval to kind of scratch sure. that itch. But, sure. um, so I, I pick side B. Uh, you decide is is my favorite song on this, um, and then administer control 
is probably my second favorite song on it. Um, there's there's a hidden track. Is this a is this a cover or? I think Badge will hit. He'll 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 cover the hidden. Track All right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it, but uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, it's kind of. I don't know if it's a cover or that I'm that I'm not aware of, but just a fun kind of like skinhead sounding like street punk song. But side B. Right on. Um, yeah, I thought. I think you decide is is a super rad song. And I think it's interesting because didn't uh, didn't know for an answer have a song called "I Decide" that like the chorus sounds very similar. It's like "I Decide," and their voices sound their their voices sound kind of similar as well. And the way that "Decide" is said, like delivered, sounds very similar too. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And Dan, let's go. You, you. You're reading my notes anyway. Oh Dan, shit! You go first. My bad. Daniel, go ahead. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is like this seven inch, the sound on it is like Unbroken Era Ritual meets No For An Answer meets uh, Chorus, kind of like all mashed up in a pot. That nails of. it so hard, dude. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I like all of it, especially I wouldn't have liked listening to this as much five or six years ago. And coming back to it now, I I like it a lot more. Like I, I'm fucking with stuff that would have seemed played out to me at one point in my life that now seems fresh and great again. You know, um, I really like it. But yeah, as Chris says, you decide is 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 the banger. I like the uh, guitar work and little octavish stuff on uh, God. What's Administer the control side too? Administer, Administer control. control. It's kind of like a yeah. sireny riff. Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. It's creative. Um, I like side B the best on this, and I, I, um, you know, I, I mean, of course, you tell me to is the number one jam from them. But I, I liked listening to this again. Uh, and probably will do it again more so in the future. Yeah, I think the production is really good for like 96 straightforward hardcore, just like doing an EP. Like it yeah. came out good. Like this, this recording isn't going to distract people. It has to be it for the record and everything coming out of there always sounds good, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. My take is, uh, it's kind of interesting because side A and side B are similar. Like yeah. the first song is like the fast song. The second song is like the bouncy song. And you decide might slightly edge out overtones, but I think your presence is, it's a better flow than administer control. Like just the way he comes in is super rad. And I think he's got a great flow for like these bounce songs. Um, I do love on like, well, also I should say on both uh, the fast songs, they like tease a mosh, you know, like they, you think it's going to like go to a mosh. The first one, they, they kind of give you like a little bit of a slow ring out mosh part. But then, like, they do, like, the Tom hits, like, dun-dun, dun-dun, and you're like, oh, shit, they're going to bring the heat. And they're like, nope, and just go back fast. Yeah. And, like, on you decide, it's, like, a straight-up cruelties because they do, like, this long fucking ring out for the second chorus, and, like, you're sure, like, a mosh part's coming, and they just, like, go, like, nope, back to the Fake verse. Out. Like, yeah, it's so fucking rad. Um, but, Yeah. This is like a perfect example of like 
pre-hate breed, you know, where not every song had a mosh in it. Because if this record came out three years later, you know that like at least over overtones and you decide have fucking breakdowns. Oh, for sure. But it's just like a different era. And I think like that kind of makes it stand out in a cool way. Um, yeah. I'm going side A. Ben, what's your take? Um, this, I mean, I, I bought this when it first came out, but just from listening to it now and after uh, that new Retaliate record came out just recently, it, it for the first time ever, I'm like, this sounds like Zach singing. Like it really did. Have you noticed that, Zach? That your voice is similar to this? Yeah, I mean, is yeah, this is a main influence for sure. Okay, so it's in, it's it's not a it's not sheer coincidence. Okay, um, uh, I asked Mike Hartsfield why the cover of the Seven Inch is in color and the C the CD artwork is in black and white, and he told me it's because he fucked up and they were both supposed to be in color, <laughs> and then. <laughs> he fu- he fucked up again because the black and white image is the one you see on Spotify. So yeah. double oops. Um, this seven inch is better than the first one they did on indecision, but it's not as good as the song on the indecision comp. So it's right in between, but then again, nothing is as good as the song on the indecision <laughs> comp. Goddamn right. um, Overtones has that righteous speech gang vocal that I love. Your yeah. presence is kind of boring to me. Uh, side B, you decide sounds so much like a no for an answer song that I double check to make sure it isn't a no for an answer song. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible uh, because I like no for an answer. Administer control is kind of boring to me as well. So each side has one song, I, one good fast song and one slow throwaway song. So the tiebreaker is the bonus hidden track on the CD on the CD and streaming versions that sounds like oi music. It's good, so side B wins. And if you think I'm cheating, complain to Zach because he told me it was okay to cheat. Yep, I'll allow it. I like it. That's so funny. Um, uh, go ahead, Chris. One, two things. Collateral damage. What a cool name! Like yeah. the fact that that name. That, you know, hung around for that long, you know, until what the mid late nineties and like 95. Yeah. What a, what a great name. Um, then two kind of an interesting, uh, behind the scenes story, I guess not of them, but of one of my bands. Uh, so champion, when we started, we were a bunch of kids that didn't know how to play our instruments. We just picked them up and we wanted to play hardcore and like a big kind of like, a pivotal moment for us was when Tim Tim Mack from Trial joined the band and kind of like t- taught us how to be a band, how to write, you know, sync on picking, how to write songs. And um, before Tim joined the band, uh, Steve Hutch, who was in uh, played guitar, I believe, in Collateral Damage, was actually going to move to Seattle, and we we had talked to him about joining the band. Uh, so it's just kind of funny to think about like, you know, if he would have moved to Seattle and he would have joined the band and been the, the person to kind of like influence how we went about being a band, like how different would our band have sounded maybe a lot harder because <laughs> this, this collateral damage is a hard band. Uh, but I don't know, just one of those things that sometimes I think about, you know, yeah. Uh, fans of hair gel either way, <laughs> whether yeah. it's oh, yeah. pomade, 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 whatever. 
talking to a bald guy. So what do I fucking <laughs> Um All right. Well, let's move on. This next one is requested by Daniel. And we should just say uh, to all the listeners, if there are records you want us to do, email them to me at 185milesouth.com and we'll do it. Uh, just try to make sure that it's on Spotify. That way everyone that's listening can uh, check out what they are. Um, but luckily this album is on Spotify again after not being for a long, long time. Uh, Age of Coral, 1986 on Profile Rock Hotel. One of the greatest hardcore LPs of all time. And uh, generally we do seven inches on here, but we'll do a few LPs every time. Um, I think we did My War last time and we'll do this one this time. Uh, and Daniel, since this is your request, let's take it to you first. Side A, side B, Age of Quarrel. Well, um, this is, this is, I imagine, if you're a parent and you get asked, do you like child A or child B? You know, uh, <laughs> which one are you going to lock out in the backyard and which one are you going to uh, uh, exalt on a throne? Um, that being said... When when you go down to it, I mean, c- can I just go click, 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 bam, 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 bam? That's not on side B. Um, <laughs> so you 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 throw out this album as like the album we got to do, and then you decide based on the intro. No, I'm just saying that intro. If that doesn't speak to your absolute DNA. You know, um, I, you're lost. You're not hardcore. That's the tone, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, and side A also closes out with the the one song that is the difference, uh, which is Seekers of Truth. Well, it's got both. It has Malfunction and Seekers of the Truth. True. But Malfunction I still regard as being very... You know, you knew you knew he was a bad brains worshiper, and it has such bad brains worship to it uh, vocally. Um, I, God, this is you know, it's so hard to leave like hard times and things like that out. But side A, just there's there's no let up. It is pure perfection, hardcore. Um, thank God the Chromags existed. Now, thank God, you know, if God, if God did exist, perhaps maybe they wouldn't. Uh, but this is God-tier hardcore. Side B will destroy anything else on the planet, but side A destroys side B, I'm afraid. Yeah, I haven't listened to the new Chromags record, the new Harley one, but that last one he did that was called Chromags, I fucking loved it. It sounded like he just like was in a basement for a year, like only listening to Motorhead. And it just sounds like a mix between Chrome Eggs and Motorhead. I absolutely love it. But uh, so I disagree. I'm glad that they're around and both versions are cool. I'm glad that we got two of them. So fuck it. Chris, let's go to you. <laughs> Did you see the new Paris video? <laughs> it got sent to me, but I have not watched it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's worth watching. I think I may be wrong here, but I think like every like it's it's the band playing on the bridge, but it's just him playing all the dif- different instruments like spliced in together. 
like multiple <laughs> different people, but it's him. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, Age of Quarrel. Maybe my, f- f- depending on what day it is, what day of the week, either my favorite record of all time or my second favorite of all time. Battling um, it. Bringing it down. A record that wouldn't exist if not for this one, probably. And Age of Quarrel no doubt. it anyway, Chris. No so. doubt. <laughs> well, one of them's a straight edge band though, Dan. So True. well, <laughs> uh was. So this record it's <laughs> it's flawless, you know, start to finish. I think it's funny because in the exercise of of what we're doing right now, comparing side A to side B, like, you know, I'm I'm listening through or even just reading the titles of you know we gotta know world peace show you no mercy malfunction street justice five of the streets seekers of the truth like by the time i get to there i'm like well that that it's it's that there's nothing else and then you get to side b and you're like oh wait a minute it's the limit hard times by myself don't tread on me face facts do unto others like Side A, I'm I'm going with side A because of a couple tracks, but like basically what I'm trying to say here is like side A is so unrelentingly awesome yeah. that you get to side B and you're like, there's no way that this can be even close. And it is like it's yeah. so close. That's that um, sums it up pretty fucking awesome. Cause like, you know, I didn't delve into side B when talking about it as much, but you're right, it is close. But mm-hmm. you know, like how do you how do you pick a side that doesn't have hard times and and don't tread on me and you know like it's the limit like it's it's hard but uh I think for me it comes down to four tracks really and that's we gotta know show you no mercy malfunction and seekers of the truth um seekers of the truth is a funny one because I think there's a lot of uh, uh I don't know how how much people like hate it hate it or if it's just like they don't like it compared to the other songs, but I've, I've heard some hate about secrets of the truth, not being, you know, living up to the rest. And to me, like, I feel like secrets of the truth is so integral because it, it ties it all together. Like it, it, it brings this other element and I know it's like the temple is kind of plotting and it, and it's not, you know, a fast raging, hardcore song. Um, but I think it's such an important part of the the formula that makes this record like one of the best records of all time. And yeah, it, side side A. Yeah, I think that Malfunction and Secret of the Truth, like they make the record great because it shows like the range and what they can do while still, you know, maybe putting out the greatest hardcore album of all time. But I will say that like, if I'm not listening to it on vinyl and I'm listening to it in my car or something, like I'm skipping Malfunction probably every third time I listen to it. I'm probably listening to Malfunction one out of every three times. And I'm probably listening to Secrets of the Truth one out of every six times um, where everything else is like, I want to listen to it. You know, I listen to it at least once a month, you know? Um, the way it starts though with, God, we got to know world peace, show you no mercy malfunction street justice like i don't know if you can have a better five song run yeah just like the sequencing of everything too like with the intro and then doing like a mid-tempo banger 
and then going fast and then going back to like a mid tempo banger, like showing them mercy is like probably it's like the one song that like, I've thought about this a lot because this album has so many great songs and sometimes like show no mercy will come on in like a, you know, like a random shuffle thing. And I'm just like, this is the song. This is the best fucking song like that. I can't live without. You know, like sometimes you listen to some of those bad brain songs off Roar and you're just like, this is it, dude. This is as good as a song can get in this genre. Um, and I feel that way about this song. But Side B has its limit. Don't try on me. These are like the best two like straightforward hardcore songs. Um, and it's the Chromags doing them. They're doing like the that straightforward hardcore formula. You know, like the victim and pain formula, like Fast verse, good chorus, fucking breakdown. You know, it's what, it's like the best hardcore. And when you can pull it off, and they're obviously pulling off, this is like the greatest shit there is. Like, there's nothing touching it. Those two songs, plus Hard Times, plus Life of My Own, like, with that intro, and then just going to the verse, and it's like, it's one riff, the whole fucking song. Like, they're like the first dudes to like, really do that. Like, let's just, have a sick ass riff played a few different ways. You know, it's like uh, young till I die or this, like there's some classic ones that do that. And like that to me is like the best of hardcore. It's like taking something so simple and like turning it into something so special. It's just, it is like the best it can possibly be. So I'm going side B. Um, so there's a, here's a question for you though, Zach. Sure. You said, uh, you know, every so often or or one out of three times or whatever, you'll skip malfunction or secrets of the truth. Mm-hmm. But the question for you is, are there ever times where you're like, yo, I need to hear secrets of the truth right now and I'll Never. put it on or malfunction. No. Cause Never. I know for me, there definitely are times where I'm like, the only thing I want to listen to right now is. See that, that rules, that rules. And it, it has right. a piece. And I think that it makes the album better. Well, let, let me just say, say this. Zach, you and I, we both like a very... Uh, bands that engage in what may technically be referred to as yo uh, Bouncy, bouncy stuff. And I think Seekers of the Truth, the swagger that that song delivers and gives you that mid-tempo just head nodding crawling around your room like almost malevolent like feeling of just like grimy almost like hip-hop influenced uh thing even though lots of people say it sounds like acdc at the same time it just it has a groove and a vibe and a it it, it's essential you know, yeah, oh, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't have a groove and a vibe. I think it's great. Not for sure. It's just I don't go to it. Like, I usually just want to listen to, you know, straightforward hardcore stuff. And so while, like I said, I think it makes the album better having it there. Like, it makes the album special. It's just something that I don't want to listen to a lot. I think one other thing just on that song. I, I think there's a lot of current hardcore that is very, like, that wouldn't exist if Seekers of the Truth, the song specifically, um, didn't exist. <laughs> What's that? For better or for worse, like dude, I love so many. Like, yo, Akulu is like one of my favorite bands right now, and like Akulu to me just is like seeks the oh. truth core, and I love it. 
<laughs> Aren't they more like uh, leeway though? I should listen to them again. I, yeah, I, I do sure. like Akulu. Yeah. No, they they definitely got some some other stuff in there for sure. But like, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. yeah I mean, I like. Yeah. I think Akulu is two seven inches, right? Both those are more interesting to me than this. This is like a great LP song. It's great, like to have it in there in an LP. Um, but yeah, Ben, what's your take on this? Um, this record is a classic that gets better with every listen. I rank it alongside Can I Say by Diagnasty and the first Leeway album, where every time I listen to any one of these records, they sound better than it sounds better than the, the time before I listened to it. I don't know why that is. I can't explain that because sometimes I'll listen to other records and they'll sound less good than the previous time I heard them. Um, this is like, uh, I describe this as bad brains with motorheads rhythm section. It's the best crossover record ever. Um, the day this made it onto Spotify, it felt like a great weight had been lifted. Because um, <laughs> we were waiting, dude. For a sure. lot of people were like, yeah. what the fuck? Get on. Because they were, they announced like, we're, we've reached an agreement. It's like, okay, whatever. Just put that shit on Spotify. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, the only throwaway song is Seekers of the Truth, which is on side A. But side A also has two songs in a row with the word street in the title, both with zero breakdowns. So that makes up for it. Um, side B has two songs that have identical mosh parts. It's the limit and don't tread on me, but it's a great mosh part. So no points deducted for that. <laughs> side B has an F bomb on the last song, even though that song also has flanger on the guitar, which is my favorite effect, still a net negative side a street justice for your one mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's three to one. And, uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, the lone dissenter fighting for side B, um, classic album though. You can't lose. And I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard age of quarrel, but if you haven't, for whatever reason, it is on Spotify and it's in this playlist. So check it out. All right. Moving on. Uh, the next thing I chose was the district nine, seven inch school of hard knocks, 1995 striving for togetherness records side a payback and think about it. Side B, live life and behind red tape. Daniel, let's go to you. To quote the gods, yo, payback, that shit is fat. So fat. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to, I mean, I know all the words to payback before I even heard this record <laughs> because, <laughs> of, <laughs> because of one of the best documentaries of all time. Um, I really, I really dig all four songs though. Uh, the second song on side B is, is really cool because it's, it changes things up, um, in the direction. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to <laughs> payback is such a fucking track, you know, especially I think I probably just the lore of it with the with the enjoyment of it just does it for me. Like I, you know, District Nine is a great band, you know, but District Nine as as an entity is just what they gave to hardcore is way beyond the seven inch because I fucking love 
that dock so much. Um, <laughs> all right, now we get to properly leave the documentary in the rearview mirror and talk about the record. Um, side A wins for me um, only because uh, tracks one and two are better than tracks three and four as a collective. So uh, side A, um, what's the second song called? Think about it. Yeah. That song um, is definitely a lot better than uh, the first song on side B, in my opinion. I really, really uh, enjoyed listening to this, though. Like, I, I played it at work today, like, four or five times in a row as customers are coming in it's like your payback that shit is fast so good uh and, and just uh to knock us off our district nine cloud let's go to bench for your take on this district nine is a great band they are the best everyone should buy their cds i am not saying this under duress um i'm i'm going to i'm going to start by saying my grandfather was from the bronx Hip-hop started in the Bronx, and I wrote a book about hip-hop. I interviewed Sed G from the Ultramagnetic MCs for it. Nothing but respect for the Bronx. Um, it's weird how talking about capping fools with your 9MM works for hip-hop, but not for hardcore. And I don't know why that is. And it has nothing to do with these guys not being believable, because they are 100% believable. Um, but just my personal opinion... That kind of thing, I don't know why, but it when, when rappers rap about that shit, like Boogie Down Productions from the Boogie Down Bronx, you know, m- listen to my nine millimeter go bang. It, I don't know why it works for them. Um, and then um, the song Live Life is actually surprisingly good. There's something tuneful about it that I wasn't expecting. And well, the part leading up to the breakdown was tuneful. Um, it actually sounds like the song Beyond by Change at the beginning. And so I'm wondering if Aram is a Closet District 9 fan. Uh, Crit. Is he? I don't know, but prob- I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Aram definitely yeah. loves, loves some, some fun stuff. Right. And then uh, the song Behind Red Tape is way too long. It's the musical opposite of Red Tape by the Circle Jerks. Um, <laughs> based on the first minute of live life and that awesome sing-along my answer is side b please don't kill me yeah love it chris let's go to you uh I, so full disclosure i haven't listened to this record in probably 20 years um when it first came out it, it didn't really grab me just because i wasn't really listening to this style of music that much um i think i was more you know listen to 10 yard fight seven inch uh so this style of stuff didn't interest me as much but uh so for the the exercise of this um you know podcast and going back and listening to it i was actually surprised how much i liked it uh it's just and and I, i was surprised also like that it didn't sound anything like i remember it sounding like you think of like bands that that play this style of you know hip-hop influenced or you know beat down influenced stuff and it's it's heavy and it's moshy and you know this this definitely has some you know mosh and and certainly a lot of that is from the drums 
Uh, but there's there's some surprising stuff on this that isn't just like ignorant breakdown music. Like there's straight up Fugazi sounding riffs on this record that kind of caught me, you know, by surprise. Like listen to think about it and uh, I can't remember if it's the verse. I think it's the verse. Like it could straight up be a Fugazi song, which is kind of interesting when you think about it, you know, from perspective of a band that has this mystique of, uh, you know, real like street cred. So I thought that was fun and, and kind of interesting. I, um, I I hear that, Chris. Um, and they're playing that part in the documentary too, where they're playing that outdoor show. And it now that you say that it could be Fugazi, it like so um, does evoke that a bit. Mm-hmm. And and maybe now Ben can understand why I love this record so much. <laughs> Makes uh, it's all it all comes full circle. <laughs> I think for me, the only kind of mess song is behind red tape. Like it's cool. The lyrics are interesting, but it just kind of like plods along. Like it, it doesn't feel like it, it's going anywhere. Um, but the other three songs I think are really cool, really fun. Uh, I'm gonna go with side A because I liked both the songs. Yeah. Okay. So this kind of follows the same formula as that collateral damage, like song or side A and B. It's like fast song and then a slower song. Um, Payback is an all-time hardcore classic. It's like those lyrics are so rad, so catchy, and just like infectious. I mean, you got two faces and they both lie. I love that. That's line. one of the greatest lines ever. So good. You know, um, now I'm in your face of what the fuck you gotta do. Right, right. It's so good. And then what Chris was saying with the musicality, you know, they have like that outro too. This very like, I don't know, is it jazzy? Is it bluesy? I don't know. It's some other style of music that like, obviously they're talented dudes. They've got chops. <laughs> yeah, they got chops. They got dudes they can play um, and get, get creative. Um, I love the storytelling on Think About It and behind red tape, the singer has like such a personality that comes through in these songs and they make the songs not boring to me. Like behind red tape, if pretty much anyone else did this, it would be boring, but there's just like, uh, I don't know. He has an infectious quality with his storytelling that makes this like entertaining to me. Um, live life. That big chug mosh is sick. And there's like very tasteful double bass. Like he just like kind of tosses it in a little bit. He doesn't go for like the big double bass, which is pretty interesting. It's probably because he's a good drummer and he uses it more for like fills and so forth um, instead of just trying to be like a heavy metal dude. But this whole seven, it just comes down to like how good payback is. Um, I mean, it's a top 20 hardcore song for me. Like it is that good and it sounds so good. And just the way it just comes in like with a fill and then straight into payback and then the catchiest verse you possibly have. Um, yeah. Side a for me. And I think that is three to one. Correct. Ben, you had side B. I had side B. <laughs> can I, can I just add, uh, you know, one thing I forgot to say that I, that I wanted to share, like, I think like E-Town concrete, District nine is at their best when he's kind of flowing over like almost a hip hoppy kind of beat. But 
with that said, like the fast parts, the vocals are awesome. Like he has like a really cool snarl. That's like, it's got character and like, it makes it not just throw away fast parts between the, the hip hop flow parts. So yeah, I just want to add that. Like, I, I think his voice has, has character and it sounds really cool. Yeah. And, and the scream coming into payback, like payback, like it's so cool. Like an announcement, uh, at the song. Also, Zach said, you know, he really enjoys the storytelling, um, aspect of the way that, uh, PR Mike delivers on these things. I hate to keep coming back to it, but if you want to see storytelling, him talking about the Hail Satan jacket <laughs> on the documentary Amazing. about his, his mom beating his ass and a homeless guy ending up with his metal jacket, <laughs> it, it's it's up there with Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle. Like, oh, yeah. you gotta watch it. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, um, I'll say... I haven't listened to this record in 10 years, but I've definitely watched like YouTube clips of him telling stories within the last year. So well, like you, you also ordered a few venomous uh, animals from Loki last year, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We dive into that, that movie more. If everyone goes and checks out in the, uh, in the archives, in the best hardcore movies, we uh, dig into it. So uh, we talk plenty on, all right, moving on. This is a hard right turn. Or a hard left turn, whatever you're supposed to say. Uh, a band praise. I'm going with a growing, changing, healing seven inch React Records 2010. And uh, Chris, let's go to you. So, this is my wheelhouse. Like, I've listened to this seven inch millions of times uh, over the last, you know, however long it's been out. I think this record rules. I think. Um, the songs are really cool, melodic, but fast blazing. Um, the vocals are, are really cool, passionate. Um, Andy, the singer of this band is, he's one of my best friends, but even if he wasn't, I still believe that he would be one of my top five favorite hardcore lyricists of, of all time. Like from the creation of this thing we love, like I think his lyrics are, so phenomenal like they're so he's so thoughtful and really his lyrics are thoughtful but also like exposed you know like he really bears himself um and reaches deep to go places that aren't safe um you know while his his upbringing is probably you know completely different from like walter from rotting out I think those two draw a lot of a similar just bearing of soul and, and that's what makes them two of my favorites. Um, I love every song on the seven inch. I'm going to go with side B because healing is one of the, one of the, one of the best written lyric songs ever, in my opinion. Um, it's a song about so Andy's brother, uh, who he was very close with, passed away, um, and it was a very sad situation, uh, you know, like a likely suicide situation. Um, this song 
was written maybe six years or yeah, six years later, because there's actually a line in, in the song where he says six years. And in the songs, basically a letter to his father that's, you know, he sees his father still carrying the weight of his brother's death six years later and, and kind of playing himself, holding himself responsible. And, and this is a song from Andy where he's saying, you know, it's not your fault. Don't blame yourself. You know, he did what he did. And we, you know, the people that love him, we did everything that we could do. And, you know, it's not, it's not your fault and it's not our fault. Um, you know, the, the verse, he says, I can see it in your eyes. I can see that you still hurt and I need to let you know that I don't blame you. He's, he's imploring him. Um, and, and I just implore you if you haven't heard the song or, you know, if you've heard it, but haven't really listened to the lyrics, like pull them up on Google, listen to the song and read along and it'll bring you to the verge of tears. Um, so I'm voting side B. Yeah, I pulled out those lines as well. I can see it in your eyes. I can see that you still hurt. And uh, and I crown it the apex of sincere core. It is so fucking good. This seven inch of this style is, I think, absolutely the best thing, period. It is like, I don't know. I'll go last. Ben, let's go to you. Um. This is the era of Dreamcatcher core because if you look at the record cover, it has a Dreamcatcher on it. And I swear to you, even though I can't name a single other record, Trapped from Under Ice. The, which one? Trapped Under Ice? Yep. There's more Both than Baltimore that, bands. Okay. <laughs> so it's Baltimore Dreamcatcher core. Um, there's Andy, more. The covers, I, think, draw, I think the cover is drawn by Kevin Seconds. I think so. Wow. Um, it's more than that. There, there are other bands. There's someone, some, I remember someone posting in like around this time being like, wow, there are a lot of hardcore records with dream catchers on the front of them, (laughs) but, um, it's cool. Uh, um, the album title I'm wondering, or the, the seven inch title, I'm wondering if it's an homage to the building dwelling thinking LP by sportswear. Do you know, Chris, if that has any, if that played into it at all? I don't, but I wouldn't be surprised. Andy is definitely a student of of the game. Yeah, because uh, I love that Sportswear album. I know yeah. Praise is obviously a seven seconds reference. Right. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yep. Um, this record sounds a lot like The First Step to me, um, but unlike the band Mindset, it doesn't sound exactly like The First Step. These guys, um, they... <laughs> They got more influenced by mid '80s DC me. bands. What was that? <laughs> that got me. <laughs> that got you. Um, these Unlike guys' mindset. They don't sound exactly like the first step. Well, they don't. <laughs> that sound. I agree. I agree. As close to chain as they could possibly. They just sound, sound like no, great modern I, hardcore. I don't great think modern I, creative hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first the first step themselves. You, you. It's pretty obvious who their influences are but i don't think they were really basing you know everything they did um off of you know one influence um but um these guys i think later on they got more influenced by mid-80s dc bands was is that right like the the later records because this is the first one actually i should because i listened to the one with the purple cover 
Um, as you can tell, I'm a huge uh, praise fan. No, I actually do like them. Leave it all behind is the one that I thought sounded a little bit more DC sounding. Um, there's something really clean and smooth about this. Everything sounds good. Nothing drags. The songs are all a proper length. Healing has that little betrayedish guitar riff going on, um, which differentiates it from the other three songs. So that's to me the standout song is is healing. So I'm I'm gonna go uh, with side B based on that. Daniel, let's go to you. It's side B uh, for me. Healing is is a stop you in your tracks hardcore song. You know, you can be listening to your listening to your Walkman <laughs> walking down the street, and that song comes on, and you take a moment. You know, let me just take this in, um, and that's before knowing necessarily that there was a really heavy thing behind it obviously the heavy lyrics and and they come across as such but i didn't know the story behind it um i find the music on this seven inch to be just upper echelon uh usage of you know octaves in the right places interesting guitar parts in the right places Nothing is overdone, but everything is adding to build the perfect recipe on all the songs. The only reason I'm going, besides healing being, you know, a gargantuan song, the only reason I'm going side B over side A also is I think the vocal parts on the two songs on side B are a lot more, um, a little bit more imaginative in the vocal melodies and the places the vocals are placed. Um, I think the uh, caught in a cycle, I believe uh, part is a little bit repetitive in not like the most perfect way. So uh, it's side B for me. Yeah. Side B is great. I think that healing is a standout track piece is a solution. I love like the short piece gangs and that's the shortest song the most raging song and has the most like up tempo um energetic breakdown but side a is so good like i said this is the best record of this style i think which would be like you know this circa uh, let's say post 2000 semi-melodic modern hardcore um like daniel said they throw a lot of tricks in here but they don't overdo it at all and all the songs are short and concise. And some of these, some of the bands in this genre, they can like just take it too far. And it's like just a song being 20 seconds too long can kill the song. And none of these go there. And it, it is creative. Like, uh, you know, on Caught in a Cycle, I love the chorus, how it's like, they he gets you with this hook, like the Caught in the Cycle, but it's fast and he's like not going for like a sing-along. It's just so rad. And then also that build up to like the breakdown sing-along part, they kind of like hit those, uh, I call them like the shelter attaining the supreme type chords. It's like when you do like the, the power chord, but then the third string is like the open. Um, it just sounds really cool. And then that part, that breakdown sing-along is very like battery-esque. Like the, I keep on, I keep on trying. Like with the cymbal rings. Um, so cool. You know, instead of doing a traditional breakdown, like it's just so 
it's like good emotional in the pocket without like marshmallow falling off the stick shit. I fucking love it. But believe is the best song. Um, it's just a rager. And then like that breakdown when he comes in and he's like, I believe I can make a change. I believe in a better way. Like it's so catchy. And then that tempo they hit, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, you feel good about yourself and you're stoked, but you also want to rage and like smash shit. Like it, brings up so much weird mixed emotion that like, it's just one of those parts that fucking gets me every time. And if they didn't combine these two songs together on the digital, I would listen to it over and over. That's why one <laughs> gripe is like putting caught in a cycle and believe as the same track. Um, Cause yeah, that breakdown on believe I want to listen to it like over and over and over. I love it. So I'm side a, but this whole record is all killer. No filler. It is a perfect seven inch of this genre. And I've loved it since it came out. I ordered it from ARAM or whoever was doing React at the time. And uh, man, I listened to it a million times. And just, I hadn't listened to it though in a good five years and put it back on. And it just like came right back to me how much I love this thing. This band is like a total standout, I think. Um, my absolute favorite of the genre. <clears throat> okay, moving on. Uh, we're going to do the Strife Gray 7-inch. And this is fun because it's just track versus track. This is Victory Records 1995. This is a 7-inch they did in between One Truth and In This Defiance. And both these songs would end up on In This Defiance. But these are two killer tracks. And head-to-head, it's a good matchup. Chris, what's your take? It's not just the actions of our hate. It's not just the divisions we create. It's not just one sex, color, or creed. It's everyone. It's you and me. Is this our destiny? I'm going side B, gray. Um, to an end on side A is awesome. Uh, it's a great song. Uh, but just that part on gray is what puts side B over the top for me. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I was saying earlier on the pod that I wasn't a big fan of, of whispers in in hardcore songs, but here I'm picking another song that has a whisper that I think is awesome. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I love whispers in hardcore songs, but <laughs> it's got that bass build. And you know, that, that line that I just said, it starts out as him just kind of whispering and just gradually building this crescendo over time. And then when he gets to the end where he's screaming the backup vocals, you know, those patented strife barking backup, vocals, you know, like, piles in over the top of it and it makes it even more epic. And it's just such a sick part. Um, other thing I love about the seven inch real quick before I kick it over to the next person. Um, I think when one truth came out, uh, listen to seven inch all the time, knew every song like front to back, loved it. But then this seven inch came out and there was something about the recording that the vocals just sounded so much more fierce. And so this, this seven inch was, I mean, Strife was one of the biggest hardcore bands in the world. And they put out the seven inch. that so was like, you know, of the time back then, probably the equivalent of like, you know, one step closer or like mind force dropping their singles um, in anticipation of the next record. Like, it's just it's like, Ooh, we get two songs. Are they going to be good? And with these strife songs, 
it's they just like stepped up that ferocity even more and and I, and it was like the perfect teaser for like what the next record would bring side b gray yeah it's cool this seven inch is called gray but then gray's on the b side that's pretty ill make um, you wait and, for it <laughs> that's right it's like you gotta flip to get to the title track ben what's your take on this um i noticed that on the insert it says from the forthcoming album in this defiance um and in this defiance actually came out two years later so wow i mean we really waited for that shit um I remember getting this, I guess I might, I got this probably in the summer of 96. And I, I thought uh, to an end is this fast straight edge is fuck song. And gray is this metallic song. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious with which, which song I'm going to pick. Um, but I remember whenever they did the song gray back in the day, the audience would get so riled up that I'd get shoved and I'd lose an earplug. Like every single time they did gray an earplug would fall out of my ear because I'd get like whacked. <laughs> By somebody in the audience, like by just everybody in the audience. And so fuck that song. I want to keep keep my earplugs in. Um, to an end, to, uh, at some point, I guess after Strife got back together, Rick won't uh, sing that song anymore. I he guess because does, of the message. He doesn't Force of Change. I don't know if he doesn't do To an End. No, you're right. It's Force of Change. It's Is it Force of Change? For 100%. Uh, maybe. You're hundred. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm you're not right. sure if he doesn't do a second song or not. Um, good catch. Um, I'm I I'm gonna go with side A. Uh, I like it more. It's kind of more up tempo. It's more my style. Yeah, it's a fast song, and the the second song is like that. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain what tempo that is. It's like a slow, fast beat, like that Integrity does, but they're like palm muting over it. Um, on gray. I, I said on Gray, the hero is the right hand. There is so much fucking palm muting on this song. It's wild. And actually, they this song might be the beginning of like a trick that's used a lot in hardcore now, like since this song, which is just like the drums change tempo, but the guitar is still staying very fast with the right hand. And it's just such a cool thing. Like the way that the verse flows into the choruses it's like you have a tempo change but you don't have an energy change it's it's very interesting it's something that like carried on from here i don't know if it's this is the beginning i have to like dig into it and figure it out i'm sure it's not but it's like probably on a on a big scale it's like the the breakout track of that um <clears throat> to an end i love like the i love all call and answer parts like and strife does it really well you know like the force of it to an end, <laughs> you know? And then I love that they have like that part in the middle that like lets it breathe also. Like he makes you wait for it. You know, like they do like the call and answer sing along. And then like, he just keeps going like forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. And then they hit it again. It's like, yeah, we're back. So I love that shit. Um, to an end is a great song, but gray is like a, a great, great song. So I'm, I'm going side B gray. Daniel, what is your take? I loved this seven inch when it came out because one truth was very chugger and this was unleashing a bit more speed and a bit more aggression. Like Chris says, like it actually sounds pretty ferocious compared um, 
both both sets of lyrics are really clever. You know, they're straightforward, but they're very clever, and they're both you know touching on straight edge. Um, I've always rode for Gray though, like more even more than to an end. But I, these are the arguably the best two Strife songs, so it's it's difficult choosing between the two. Um, but Gray, is this our destiny? Like how many pylons and how many things just evoke in your mind for that part? Like it's, it's bigger than it is on wax. Do you know what I mean? Like that part is just gargantuan. It's massive. And it is really well formulated, energetic, in <laughs> inspiring movement hardcore and i really i really like it i um i love both songs but side b gray the winner yeah all right final record of the night uh we're gonna cap it off heading to dc but not fugazi we're going striking distance the fuse is lit 2002 bridge nine records this is the final Striking Distance 7-inch. Uh, they have two 7-inches, which bookend their LP. And uh, yeah, it's a great fucking record. Chris, let's go to you first on this one. This record is a rager start to finish. Every song rips. Like, every song's raw. Uh, it's awesome 7-inch. Uh, so for me, it comes down to, like, this is another one where I have you know, one, one side, like two of my favorite songs are one on, on each side. Um, for me, uh, send in the clones is my favorite striking distance song ever. Uh, fuck your image. What you see is not what you get. Like that part where he's just kind of singing that over and over again, like his, his attack on, on, on those vocals is just so cool. And, and that sing along is rad. On side B, uh, find a way. I just love the breakdown. Like there's, I'm a total sucker for breakdowns that have like a stompy, you know, kind of like that stompy, uh, right brigade tempo floor punch tempo breakdown. And then it cuts to like a halftime, even like a harder, more violent kind of like, you know, modern beat down. And this song just does that so well. And so I always loved that breakdown. Um, but I'm going to go side A because Set in the Clones is my favorite. And Fight Their Words is is also like just right there. It's it's neck and neck with with uh, Find a Way. But it's it's a banger of a song and, and really just a rager out of the gates with the vocal, like the vocal attack, like just kicking off the record is such a, like, it's just such a raw, gnarly, you know, comes, it doesn't, <clears throat> it's not an intro. It doesn't build up to it. It's just like, boom, the gates smash open and they come roaring through like at a hundred already. And it's such a cool start. So I'm going side A. Right. And fight their words is like under a minute and it just comes right in with like the singing and I, I just can't think of anything like that short and intense that like isn't a fast song because they don't like hit a fast tempo on it. It's just like, why am I raging so hard on this like short little blast of energy 
that doesn't even have a fast beat. It's like, it's out of this world as a first song. Daniel, let's go to you. Love the seven inch. Love the artwork. Um, love the dudes in the band. Like all good people. Dave Bird, legend. Um, my three standout tracks. Well, I have four, I guess. Um, well, Fight Their Words, I absolutely loved the lyrics to it. Um, when it first came out, I just thought it was just such a great way to talk about politics and talk about being trapped in, you know, following bullshit and not, and it's about just get out of the system. Take, just get yourself away from it all. Fight it. You know, it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, he's, a very underrated lyricist, I feel, um, because his lyrics are very straightforward and in your face, just the same way that his stage presence is. Um, but the music on "Tear It Down" that's the best breakdown on the on the uh, seven inch, in my opinion, and that's what steals the win away from side B with common rage and find a way. It's interesting that the, the title track, the fuse is lit is my uh, least favorite song out of the six. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go for side a sending the clones. Uh, Chris already described the, the driving part where he's just <laughs> fuck your image. Um so good, but the breakdown on Tear It Down is the thing that tips the scale to side A because I love all three songs, but the breakdown on Tear It Down is my very, very favorite thing on the seven inch, and uh, I love it. Yeah, sending the clones like it gives me like the verses with the palm muting, they don't give slapshot vibes off at all, but like the gangs, the catchiness of it, and then like that last part where it kind of like. I, I don't mean drags on in like a, a negative way. Like I love how it keeps going, like very like choke esque. Like yeah, how it's almost like he's freestyling, but it's he's just repeating. Like the what you see is not what you get is so good, so good. This is like I don't know. I like it's just right there with Slapshot. I love it so fucking much. I think, I think you 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 hit on it being very Slapshot esque in the way that the gangs are. Re- a lot of words and it's done in a in almost like an arm in arm like but angry arm in arm way you know and also just the way they sonically sound is so good because they're like they sound big and shouty but they don't sound like that you know like the generic gang vocally yeah they like wouldn't work in a song like this like it sounds like big but like raging too it, yeah it's so good Ben what's your take on this um, somehow I got it in my head at some point that they were kind of a negative approach style band. Um, maybe it's because Dave's got that wild stage presence, but listening to this, uh, yesterday to prepare for this episode, they, they're really not very negative approachy. They're, they're really, they sound like a, a band on bridge nine from the early two thousands, which is exactly what they, what they were. 
um, the fuse is lit kind of reminds me of carry on on that mid tempo part. Um, but I can't think of what carry on song. I think it's something from their album. Um, and I know they were supposed to do a split seven inch together at one point that never ended up happening. Um, Dave's voice reminds me of the singer of breakdown. And I went back and I listened to breakdown just to make sure, like, am I right about this? And, and he does, he does remind me of, uh, the breakdown singer. Um, I guess I'm going to go with side B, um, not for any particular reason. I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I had to pick a side. So I'm picking side B. Yeah. The whole seven inches, a winner. Uh, I think that going talking about side B, the song Common Rage has like the biggest like of the time mosh where there's like the, you know, the open chords, it's on the symbol. It's like that moshy tempo. Um, I already talked about the songs that my two standouts on side A. I think that the craziest thing about this record is striking distance. I like them so much because they're always writing kind of like a YOLO style. Like I never know where the songs are going to go. There's always like a creative twist on everything. They never follow like the first chorus, first chorus, breakdown, you know, over or first chorus, first chorus, breakdown, verse chorus over like formula that much, which is why this is hilarious. That song, find a way they actually do do that. And I think it's their best song. So it's like they, the band is great because they have YOLO songwriting. Of course, Dave, amazing frontman, and like Daniel said, underrated lyricist. Um, but here they are, like doing a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like of the time, 2000s hardcore song, which is like, I don't know. It's almost like a little bit melodic too, like in the part. But then like when they go into the breakdown and he just, the part that like sums up kind of how Dave Bird is as a frontman, like that, over and over and over again. It just like really grabs, I think, his his essence. And then like Chris said, from going from that part, which is like an up-tempo rager breakdown part to then drop into like that stomp mosh, it like, that hits you out of nowhere. It's like, oh, didn't see that coming. But mm-hmm. hell yes. It's so good. Um, so surprisingly, in... Striking Distance's most predictable song um, and formulaic song, I think, is one of their greatest songs. Like, I guess that just speaks to the band that they can do something like this and pull it off and smash it out of the fucking park. I think that on the strength of Find a Way, Side B squeaks it out, although Side A is also a rager. And uh, that's my take. So, dudes. So, what's that, a tie? I think so. I was I was B Daniel. You were A. Chris was B uh, A. Oh, Chris was A, and then yep. Ed, you were B. Yeah, it was a tie. It was a tie. Yeah, hit a tie. Um, great record. Perfect balance. The tie, you know. So, what did you guys think about this group of records? Um, I didn't make you guys listen to Twenty Five to Life this time, which has to be a win. I would have. Uh, you should have had me on that episode. <laughs> District District Nine was a good stand-in for for Twenty Five to Life. Okay. No. It was a good mix. Yeah, the District 9 is way better than the 25 to Life demo. Dude, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope that people enjoy this mix. And again, whatever you guys want to hear us break down, shoot me an email, 185milesouth.com. Shoot us ideas for Super 7s. Shoot us ideas for Side A, Side B. 
And eventually we're going to do some records versus records. And so uh, you can shoot those to us also. And uh, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, just don't shoot uh, the new retaliate record side music versus side screen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Side screen. We, 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 that screen I, is pretty sick looking, man. It's tough competition. I know. But yeah, I know. We talked about that for the first side A, side B. Shout out Wallsby. Everyone knew that it was going to, yeah, it's Wallsby. Everyone knew that it was going to be a one sided record. And uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Actually, you know, a funny thing, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we were going to do the the record on both sides because I hadn't thought, I couldn't come up with anyone that had done that. You know, people do like the one-sided and shit. And then that gold record came out this year and they did it. And that was like the biggest fucking record of the year. I was like, yank the idea. I don't want to be the second one. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like back to the one side. But uh, bummer, <laughs> bummer. I thought we were going to be the first. And then the the biggest record of the year was... So, hey, what are you going to do? But uh, that gold trip. Snoozy loose. I know, I know. Fuck. Now we're in your face, so what the fuck are you going to do? That's right. Drop the body by the stadium. All right, thanks, guys, for listening.